Hey, Bettys. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. Hey, Bettys. Welcome to Geeky Magic. Today, we are going to have a little nerd sermon on the pelvic floor. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be talking about your nether regions because it is, in my experience, one of the areas of the body that is a group of muscles, very important for everyday function, bowel movements, urinary functions when we get it on. And, uh, but we don't think about it. We don't really want to look there. We don't really know much about it. And of course the pelvic floor can really take, um, I don't want to say take a beating because that sounds wrong, but uh, it can really take a beating uh, in life if we are not um, thinking about it, caring for it, and just generally understanding how it works. So, and this was really inspired by, I was recently looking through my library of podcasts in uh, The Better Show, and I came across my interview with Lauren Roxborough, who we talked a lot about the pelvic floor, and I am going to be interviewing on The Better Show um, shortly, um, within the next month or so, a pelvic floor expert. So we're going to be talking a lot about the pelvic floor, and this was also recently Uh, part of a training that I did inside my Hello Betty membership, which is my female-focused membership on all things nutrition, fitness, sex, mindset, hormones, all the things. And the pelvic floor was really something that the Bettys wanted to talk about. So I am going to bring some of that teaching to you today. And you're going to be, you can always go back and listen to my conversation with Lauren Roxborough. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. And then when I have my interview with my uh, pelvic floor expert, we will also make sure that you get that as well. But in the interim, I will say that as a clinician um, treating, you know, thousands of women over the course of my um, clinical tenure, Lots of women coming in with pelvic floor issues. No one wants to talk about it, right? It's only when um, I might get them to do a rehab exercise. I had a mini rebounder in my rehab um, clinic and I would say, okay, I want you to, you know, you know, jump on it for whatever I was saying, like for, you know, toning or whatever it was. And they'll say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't jump. <laughs> you know, I was like, come again? What do you mean you don't jump? And they would, you know, my women would sort of say, well, you know, since I had my, my child, you know, like I can't really jump. And this is, this is a problem. So a lot of women very ashamed to talk about it. Of course, we think that there's something wrong with us as we often do. And so I want to bring a little bit of information and empowerment to your day as it, as it relates to your pelvic floor. So I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. 
For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause, and there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water, and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. First, men and women have a pelvic floor. So that's the first thing that we want to talk about. We often talk about it in the context of women, which we are going to talk about it today. But I also want to shed a light on male pelvic floor function as well. Um, Because ladies, if you have a man who has some pelvic floor uh, dysregulation, there's going to be some issues that you're not going to be too happy about as well. So I'm going to give you some tools in terms of how to understand that as well. So Generally, when we think about the pelvic floor, it provides a support for the pelvic viscera. So the organs in the, that are sort of in the pelvic area. So things like the bladder, uh, the intestines, the small and large intestines, the uterus in females. Um, and of course the maintenance of uh, continence, right? As a, you know, both from the, you know, the urinary sphincters and the anal sphincters. And when we think about where the pelvic floor is, just to sort of give you a, a roadmap of what we're talking about, it is basically a hammock. It is a group of skeletal muscles um, that that extend from the pubic bone anteriorly. So at the front, uh, both for men and women, this is where the, um, the pubic bone or the pubic rami come together. And then it basically goes all the way underneath. So, uh, we're talking about the urethra, the vagina, the anus in women, uh, or the penis and the perineum and the anus in men, uh, and all the way back to the tailbone posteriorly. So it will attach, there are attachments to the coccyx, which is the, uh, which is the vestigial, what is the, you know, vestigial part of a vestigial tail, if you will, uh, it's called the tailbone. Um, so it's really like a hammock that will extend from the front to the back, the anterior, uh, to the posterior part of the body. And for women, Any woman who is listening to this who has given birth, uh, when they told you to push, uh, if you were delivering vaginally, of course, um, this is what you were using. You were using your pelvic floor to push. And the pelvic floor is really cool because it, it, um, helps, uh, it facilitates birth, um, and it helps the fetus, the baby to, um, to rotate. So as a baby is being born, it will literally do this beautiful rotatory dance within the birth canal, uh, to navigate through the birth canal, through the pelvic girdle. And that's the, the reason, part of the reason why that's your, the baby's able to do that is because of the pelvic floor. So when you've had a traumatic birth or uh, something where there's been damage to the pelvic floor, like childbirth is a really big one. We'll talk about some of the other reasons why you can see collapse of organs. So this is called pelvic organ prolapse. It has an unfortunate abbreviation, POP, P-O-P, pelvic organ prolapse. And for, for women, specifically around 
uh, childbirth, but this can also happen uh, after a hysterectomy or any type of surgery, there can be different ways that the pelvic floor um, collapses. So you can have a, a very common one is an anterior vaginal wall collapse where you will see uh, for example, the bladder uh, prolapsing or falling into the vagina. Um, this is um, usually uh, from childbirth, pregnancy, delivery. It can also be lifting um, heavy objects, but also, and this is in the context of our hormones, why this comes back to sort of the hormone conversation, excess estrogen can cause this uh this anterior vaginal wall collapse or the, or the, when the bladder falls into the vagina. And the reason for that is because the bladder, um, and the uterus truly, uh, is suspended by a series of ligaments in the, uh, abdominal cavity. And if you recall, if you've read the book, uh, the Betty body, I talk a lot about the influence that estrogen has on our ligaments. And I taught, I was talking about this in the book, in the context of when you should be working out, what types of work, not when you should be working out, but what types of workouts you should be doing. So when is a really good time for burst training, when is not a good time for burst training, when you want to be lifting heavy, when you don't want to be lifting heavy, all under the influence or all in the uh, the contextual uh, filter of when estrogen is high and low during your menstrual cycle. And for women who are estrogen dominant, meaning um, that your estrogen levels are higher relative to your progesterone levels in the luteal phase of your cycle, your estrogen will make your ligaments lax. So it makes them kind of loosey goosey, right? Um, So what we want to think about as well is in the context of our pelvic floor. And this is why healing your hormones is going to be so important because when your ligaments are lax, it's going to be much easier for your your bladder and other organs, uh, other viscera to kind of get lax. Like if you think about a... um, uh, an elastic band. You know, if you think about a very new elastic band, it's really hard to sort of pull it apart. But if you if you have, you know, in your maybe in your kitchen drawer somewhere where you collect elastic bands, at least I do, and I have no idea why I do that, but I just keep elastic bands. <laughs> Sometimes the, you know, if you look at sort of an older elastic band, it has it doesn't have as much um, spring to it. So when you pull it apart and then you release that tension, the elastic band doesn't come back to its original shape as well. And this is what happens during, uh, this is very similar to the effect that estrogen can have on our ligaments over time. So, you know, you pair that with trauma to the pelvic floor, let's say, uh, you know, childbirth, or maybe you've had, uh, a history of pneumonia or bronchitis where there's been lots of coughing and you're increasing that intra abdominal pressure. This is a recipe for disaster. Okay. So this is one way we have this anterior vaginal wall collapse. We can also have posterior vaginal wall collapse, which is, uh, where we may see um, viscera like the small intestine um, prolapsing into the vagina. You can also have the rectum uh, into the vagina as well. And then you can also have sort of apical uh, uh, vaginal prolapse where you see the uterine, um, the uterus part of me uh, prolapsing into the vagina as well. So And then, like I said, this can follow things like hysterectomy. This can follow childbirth, lifting heavy things, or, you know, taking extra care if you, if you are suspecting that you have estrogen dominance. So 
you know, I've sort of mentioned a couple things, um, lifting heavy objects, uh, trauma to the, to the pelvic area. Like if you've ever been in a car accident, um, for example, that can be, and you've fractured or sprained the pelvic floor that can be traumatic overusing the pelvic muscles. Like if you're going to the bathroom too often, or you're pushing too hard, like if you're constipated, um, and you're always sort of straining on the toilet to have a, a bowel movement, this can eventually lead to poor muscle coordination. And then you can also, um, create this pelvic floor dysfunction. And then, you know, being overweight uh, is a risk factor, advancing age as well. And then as we move into menopause, um, what we see, of course, with the cycling estrogen is that estrogen doesn't cycle as much anymore. So in, in a way, it's it's protective um, because we don't have that, you know, apical rise in estrogen in the follicular phase and, the, you know, coming down again and, and then rising again in the luteal phase. So when we think about the fitness of our pelvic floor, it can be affected by a lot of things, right? So if you're not keeping them active, right? So if you um, are not, you know, Kegels are the thing that come to mind, or if you're overworking them, right? So I sort of look at pelvic floor dysfunction as two distinct problems. We either have a hypertonic, meaning too tight, like you're clenching down a lot. This We often see this with my like type A personalities. We have a very, everything is really tight and we're sort of holding. Um, and there's the other uh, flip side of that, which would be hypo, H-Y-P-O, hypotonia to the pelvic floor, where they are not active, that you don't have that fitness or that um, tone. And when I, when I say tone, uh, I just want to make a clarifying uh, statement here. I, I get a little bit of like a, an angry twitch when I see sort of, you know, fitness influencers or, you know, anybody really who talks about getting toned muscles. Let me be the first to tell you that this is an inappropriate description of muscles. Muscle, when you talk about tone, you are referring to your nerves, the nerves that innervate your muscles. Your muscles are actually quite stupid. It's the, it's the nerves that innervate those muscles that make them do things. So when we talk about muscle memory, we're not actually talking about the muscle memory. We're talking about the nervous system pattern. So a little bit of a um, a little bit of a stickler for language, as you probably know, I am. So when we are talking about tone, I am talking about the neural tone, the neuromuscular connection um, in the pelvic floor area. So being pregnant, I've already mentioned, that's, you know, one of the things that can cause this dysfunction. Back pain can also be like a history of back pain. So you can imagine I've seen my fair share. Um, and, you know, if you go into any chiropractor's office, um, you know, if you have a rapport with the doctor, um, they will be able to counsel you on pelvic floor um, health as well. Um, constipation, straining to empty the bowels, as I've mentioned, being overweight or obese or obese rather heavy lifting. So, uh, if you are somebody who lifts a lot of things at work, or if you are lifting improperly in the gym, this can also, uh, affect your pelvic floor, uh, chronic cough or chronic sneeze. So if you, you know, if you have, uh, if you're a smoker, I mean, God, what, like that anybody smokes in 2021 is beyond me. But if you're smoking, stop that shit. Um, you know, and also allergies as well. So like, you know, in the summertime, you know, spring, summer tends to be a time where we see an aggravation of allergies um, and also asthmatics, right? So if you're someone who, um, you know, deals with 
persistent pulmonary issues, or like I said, a history of bronchitis, history of pneumonia, that kind of thing. Um, the other thing that can cause weak, um, a weak pelvic floor is glutes. So having weak glutes. And I talked about this um, maybe last month in Geeky Magic. Uh, it's, it's all about growing a booty and why glutes are the key for longevity for women. But part of this is because um, there is a lot of overlapping, not only insertion and attachment and like origin and insertion points for the glutes and the pelvic floor, but when you have strong glutes, you will be able to not only support the spine, but you are going to be able to support the pelvic floor. So for men and women, if you're like, okay, I like, I've had kids. Uh, sometimes I lift heavy weights at the gym. Uh, I've had, you know, lung infections before. Like, do I have pelvic floor dysfunction? Here are some of the signs, like here's what it what might feel like, or here's what you may notice. And as I mentioned before, we have hyper and hypo. So hypertonic, uh, hypertonic pelvic floor is a pelvic floor that is too tight. Hypotonia or hypotonia. Tonic uh, pelvic floor muscles are ones that are not um, working enough. They are weak. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. And you can have a lot of overlap between the two. So a um, couple things that you might notice frequently needing to use the bathroom, right? Um, you may, uh, you may be one of those people that you're like, oh my God, if I don't get to the bathroom right now, like I'm going to pee my pants, like not being able to hold, uh, the stream of urine before like sitting down on the toilet, uh, or standing, um, if that's your thing. But I think men and women, all, all of us should be sitting <laughs> to urinate. Uh, but that's a personal opinion. Uh, okay. So you may, you know, frequently need to use the bathroom. You also may feel like you need to like force it out. Right. Or you may start and stop many times. Like you don't have like a constant, um, stream of urine. The other thing, of course, I've mentioned constipation. So if you are straining or you have pain during your bowel movement, or even if you're like, you know, I've had so many women who tell me, you know, when I ask them, do you have a regular bowel, like regular BMs every, you know, every day, like at least once a day. And they'll be like, yeah, I get these like little round dried out, like little rabbit poos. Like they're, you know, these little like, you know, nickel sized, um, stools that pass. Like that is also, uh, probably an indication that you are straining to get those smaller, uh, fecal, uh, matter that fecal matter out. Um, so we want to be thinking about, you know, I mean, there's many things that you can do to help with that, but if you're constantly straining, um, or if you've, if you've suffered from long-term constipation, um, from GI issues or what have you, you can also have some pelvic floor dysfunction, uh, dis dysfunction there as well. Um, painful urination, feeling pain in your low back for no reason, um, 
you know, feeling ongoing pain in your genitals, in your rectum, like, you know, you know, with or without a bowel movement, right? Um, If you think that you have a small bladder, but you're like, like I said, running to use the loo all the time, this is a problem. Um, If you accidentally lose control over your bladder or your bowel movements, or you are accidentally, um, we'll say, passing wind. Um, this can be, this can be an issue as well for women. We often will see that they will, uh, complain of painful sex or pain in their pelvic area, um, in general. So at the top of, at the top of, um, this pod, I said, you know, I want to talk about what pelvic floor dysfunction looks like in men. Um, and some of the symptoms that I just described will apply for men, but specifically we want to talk about some of the things that may be affecting, you know, a a man that you love, uh, or that you care about. So just to be aware, um, for men, um, male, uh, urinary dysfunction, meaning, um, you know, this can involve, you know, leaking a urine after urination or needing to run to the bathroom, um, erectile dysfunction, again, usually very, uh, difficult for most men to discuss. Um, but ED is basically when, uh, a man cannot, uh, have, like cannot get, uh, an erection or maintain an erection, um, during sex. And sometimes for a guy, um, this pelvic muscle tension, um, is the, is the cause of this, but you know, an erectile dysfunction, I'll just say very complex condition. So we want to, um, if there is an issue of ED, it may not necessarily only be pelvic floor dysfunction. There may be hormonal issues at play. There may be metabolic issues at play. There may be circulatory issues at play. Um, but we also want to consider that the mechanics of the pelvic floor may not be working in the ideal way that they should. And then again, for men, um, inflammation, uh, of the prostate. So prostatitis, um, like pelvic floor dysfunction often resembles, um, like a inflammation of, of the prostate. So, um, and again, prostatitis can have many causes. It can be like a STD. It can be, uh, you know, bacterially, um, uh, motivated. Uh, there can be trauma to the nervous system. There's many reasons why. Um, but just to be aware that if there is a differential diagnosis, a DDX of, um, prostatitis or inflammation or infection of the prostate gland. Um, we also want to rule out that there is not pelvic floor dysfunction for our beautiful men as well. And, you know, I've talked about some of the symptoms for women. Uh, we've talked about the prolapses, the different, you know, anterior, posterior, um, and apical painful sex. Um, but often, um, you know, for women, especially if you have a POP, a pelvic organ prolapse, you'll be able to this, and this would be an, you know, I would classify this under hypotonia where we don't have enough tone, neural tone in the area to keep the organs in place. Sometimes for a woman, she might, you might be able to palpate, like you may be able to feel like the organs may even, you know, be sticking out or bulging out of the vagina um, or the rectum. um, And that may require, uh, in the extreme, uh, for a woman to sort of, you know, either push them back in or, you know, start a program around, um, around toning and strengthening. So when we think about pelvic floor exercises, um, 
this is really, and you know, I know that everyone, you know, we always say do your Kegels, but you know, Kegels are not always the answer. Um, but generally when we're dividing our, um, when we're dividing our cohorts, cohorts into hyper or hypotonia, both in both instances, right. Um, when you are training the pelvic floor for the specific instance, hyper or hypotonia, it is going to improve your bladder and bowel control, right? Because the pelvic floor muscles are directly responsible for controlling, you know, your urine and your bowel movements. Um, you know, if these muscles are weak, like hypotonia, you're much more likely to experience constipation, urinary incontinence, um, you know, you might struggle to control uh, flatulence, right? Like passing wind. Um, you may experience um, leakage from forceful activities. Like if you're, you know, sneezing or coughing or laughing or jumping. Um, this is often called stress incontinence. And of course, strengthening the the, pel the pelvic floor is going to improve that. It'll also increase your sexual pleasure. So, ladies. If you are experiencing painful sexual intercourse because your pelvic floor muscles are too tight, so they are hypertonic, hypertonic, this is going to make the vagina tighter. This is going to make penetration really uncomfortable. And, you know, even if you have like the proper amount of foreplay and the proper lubrication and you're like ready for it and you're into it and it's, you know, you may still have um, painful um, sex. So understanding how to control and relax your pelvic floor muscles in this, you know, if you're hyper hypertonic can often increase your pleasure, your enjoyment of sex. And let me tell you, girl, you should be enjoying your sex. It should not be just a chore um, that you do. It should be something that you look forward to as well. So if this is something that is a problem for you, you know, if you've had, if you're having pain on penetration or generally despite having proper lubrication, despite having proper foreplay and you're like kind of excited and in the mood, if it's still painful, you do want to be considering that maybe you clench down and the vagina is too tight. And this is maybe the root cause of that. So what are some of the signs? Like I want to kind of divide um, hyper and hypotonia into two different camps. Okay. Now inside Hello Betty, what we did for our, what we did for our Bettys is we created a work um, uh, we created a workbook for both different camps. My job here today with you on the podcast is to help you identify perhaps what camp you fall under. And if you are a member of Hello Betty, of course, you can always go into our, uh, what we call HBHQ, Hello Betty headquarters. And, uh, and you can pick up the workbook and start doing the exercises and they're super easy. You can kind of run through, um, I think I have seven, in both the hyper and hypotonic, um, uh, camps and you can run through those, you know, and I, I describe how often you should be doing them reps and all that kind of stuff. So if you have a weak pelvic floor, if you are hypotonic, so leaking urine, you feel like you have to go right now. Uh, you feel pressure inside your vagina if you're a woman and, or, um, your rectum. So this may feel like heaviness. It may feel like something's always pushing down on you in different positions. Um, it may be constant or it can come and go. Uh, like I mentioned before, there can be a bulge in your vagina. So if you have that ligamentous laxity, you can have, if it's an anterior vaginal wall collapse, uh, prolapse, for example, where the bladder um, might be um, lax, you can palpate or feel the bladder in the vaginal canal. You may feel like 
you are always, even when you urinate that you, um, you know, like normally when you pee, you should feel like everything comes out. But if you have a weak pelvic floor, um, the bladder may not empty all the way and you will feel like, you know, you need to go again soon. You may think that you have a small bladder, um, that kind of thing. Or you may feel like you need to like go and pee right after you've gone. So that's another clue. As I mentioned, you know, with the hypertonic ladies, sex is usually painful with my hypotonic ladies. So where the fitness of the pelvic floor is not where it should be. Uh, During vaginal intercourse, it can feel like numb or dull. Like you can't actually feel if, you know, if we're describing penetrative um, sex. And usually like normally you should be able to feel, you know, the anatomy of your partner, um, when they're inside of you. So you should be able to feel, you know, the head and you should be able to feel the shaft and that kind of thing. If it feels numb, if it feels dull, um, that is where we might, uh, prescribe Kegel exercises where you are squeezing, where you're increasing the neuromuscular connection between your brain and your pelvic floor muscles. Um, and this will also help you, you know, this is another way, you know, to, to help you increase your pleasure during intercourse. Cause if you just like, you know, being penetrated should be pleasurable, right? So we want to think about, um, increasing your pleasure there by increasing your, the sensation that you have. Like if it feels numb or dull, um, you want to, uh, you want to be exercising it to strengthen it and tighten it. Okay. And of course, this is like, you know, if you think of your vagina, very, very sensitive area, right? We have lots and lots of nerves going there. Um, And I've spoken to so many women who say that their vagina felt dull, right? Um, During, uh, during the, during the act. And that once you, once they started exercising, so if I, I had given them a protocol that their um, that these exercises had awakened, awakened their, their ability to perceive and sense, you know, what was going on. And it's a very sensual, very sacred area. And we want, we don't want it to be numb. Uh, hypotonic ladies may feel like very similar to, you know, that you feel like you can't get all your pee out. You feel like you can't finish pooping, right? That you feel that, um, there's something left over, uh, back pain, very common with these, uh, with these ladies. We've talked a little bit about, the hypo and hypertonic uh, pelvic floor and signs and symptoms. If you have identified with any of these, um, it may be it may be time to um, a go back and listen to my conversation with Lauren Roxborough. You can, of course, if you're a member of Hello Betty, you can get the uh, exercise prescriptions that we have in there. But this is a this is an area that I think is of, of course important from a mechanical and a mechanistic point of view. Like obviously we don't want our organs falling out of our bodies. Like that's not, you know, how things are supposed to be, but just from more of an energetic perspective, you know, if you think about energy centers, the womb, and, you know, if you think about chakras, of course, we have the seat, we have the, the root chakra, uh, in the pelvic floor. We also have the, um, sacred, I believe it's called the sacral chakra or our sexual chakra, um, in the pelvis area as well. And as a woman, you know, I, I'm really all about educating 
my Bettys, you on your anatomy so that we really remove the shame around it, right? Like if you're a woman who's like, damn, like I can't jump or I can't run or I can't, I can't, I have to wear a pad if I'm going to, you know, take my kids uh, to the park or, you know, I can't jump, I can't skip rope with them or whatever. You know, I, I want to really give you the tools to understand where you may sit on the pelvic floor continuum and then give you some tools, you know, inside Hellabed, we've developed a lot of tools in terms of how you can um, ameliorate and, and remediate um, these issues. But this is a sacred area. And I, you know, I've talked about this in the Betty Body. I hope I've talked about it enough on the podcast. I will continue to talk about it on the podcast insofar as your womb whether you've had a hysterectomy, whether you are in menopause, whether you are still menstruating, whether you're in perimenopause, this is the seat of your power. This is the all chemical, you know, the, the ability to transform pain into power in, in my opinion. And if you're still listening, I mean, to the two, (laughs) to the two people that are still listening to me talk about the pelvic floor, um, this is, this is your, you know, and forgive my French if this is crass, but this is your pussy power. Like this is where your, you know, your pelvic power, you know, if, if you want to use a, a bit more of a G rated word, this is where you create and to not be able to feel or to, you know, on one end of the spectrum where maybe things are hypotonic and weak all the way up to the hypertonic other end of the spectrum where things are really tight and you can't let things in. Like we have to understand when we need to surrender and when we need to, uh, and when we need to hold. And this area, this womb, this big ovary energy, this big womb energy, uh, really is something that I, um, uh, I revere, I think as a woman and whether you're a woman or a man, truly, um, for men as well, they, they have, you know, they have pelvic power as well. Um, I, I think it's important for us to honor the energy that's there. And if there's pain there right now or numbness to be able to transmute that into, um, what you need it to be. So I hope that you found this useful. I hope that you, um, have, have given you some, I've illuminated for you where you may need to be, where you are on the spectrum of pelvic floor fitness. Uh, if you're right in the middle, that's great. Uh, if you are hyper or hypotonic, some tools and some wherewithal in terms of what we should be doing about it and lots of stuff to come on the pelvic floor on the show as well. So with that, I bid you adieu and I will talk to you very soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. 